Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. The first Friday in the month of May, it is May the 5th, which means it's Cinco de Mayo, and which means 5th of May. <laughs> and a lot of people are doing Mexican food. They're celebrating. They're having a great time. Um, I know people who've traveled across country to be with other family members to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. The question is, uh, why? And... You know, I have to admit that this is one of the things that I always forget about in terms of why Cinco de Mayo is a big deal. But also, um, this has also kind of become international get butthurt because somebody had tacos for a meal day. I mean, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but at the same time, sometimes we get a little too hypersensitive. Basically, here's the Wikipedia definition of Cinco de Mayo. It's an annual celebration held on the 5th of May. It commemorates the anniversary of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire in the Battle of Puebla in 1862. Okay, so there's your Cinco de Mayo history. That's why people of Mexican heritage celebrate. That's why people of non-Mexican heritage celebrate as well. And congratulations on that victory. Uh, today, speaking of freedom and forgiveness, we are going to be talking about both, um, especially on a Good News Friday. But first, I want to I share this story, give a shout out to the Brookside Church of Omaha, Nebraska, they're not necessarily in our listening audience per se, but, but you could be listening online and hear this. This is a church that's a pretty good-sized church. They have a congregation of around 3,000 people, but I appreciate these types of practical ministries because they offer things to single people especially. Um, this is a church that has a food pantry, and I have the utmost respect for churches that have food pantries. I know that in this day and age, it seems like everybody has a lot and they keep changing the names. You know, it used to be there were people who were dealing with starvation, malnutrition. Now it's food insecurity, nutritional uncertainty. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how much of that is, gosh, I hope we could make our groceries last for the entire week or how many people are just saying, I don't know where my, where my next meal's coming from. And I believe as Christians, you know, Jesus gave us a mandate. He said, look, you know, I was... I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I mean, if people are really in a bad way financially and do not have the means <clears throat> to get food, by all means. But, you know, we have to be, I think we have to be wise too because you, you look at what happened and Jesus, it's funny, when you see what God's word says about God's word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I've talked to too many people doing this job here, interviewing folks who've written books and made movies and things like that, who have that, that story. They'll say, look, I was in a bad spot and then God rescued me, but instead of taking away all the obstacles and giving me nothing but sunshine and starry days and whatever so I could see what was going on, I have that promise from Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There was an old television show years and years ago called Lamp Unto My Feet. And it was a daily devotional show, some old-time pastor. They had the really cheesy graphics and, you know, kind of the old-time churchy music. But I never really thought about it till I got older. It's when Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith wrote that song years ago called Thy Word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't know if you know the story about that song. They were recording that album 
at the Caribou Ranch Studios, Colorado. And um, Amy went out to go get something to eat. She went into town. They, the, the studios are kind of uh, uh, tucked away in the hills. Michael W. Smith was her uh, touring keyboard player, and he was playing keyboard on this record. And it's kind of a neat testimony. Um, I saw a clip of Michael. Um, I'm not sure if it was in uh, The Journey with Andrea Bocelli or if it was in another, uh, another piece. But the... Um, the crux of the conversation was when Mike was in high school, he's a couple years older than me, when he was graduating from high school, mid to late seventies, he was partying, he was messing around with all sorts of things. And his dad was the one who said, you really need to get your act together. And the Lord led him back to church and led him into music ministry. And he met up with Amy. And next thing you know, he's touring with Amy. And then he became a pop star in his own right. And uh, at one point even eclipsed. I remember seeing Michael headlining for Amy Grant at the Pacific Amphitheater in Orange County. And it was 2003, I think. And she even came out with her guitar and said, wow, the last time, I haven't played her in a long time. She goes, I played here with Michael. And last time we played, he was on first. And everybody kind of laughed. And <laughs> she said, well, you know, things change. And then she launched into songs from her new record. But Mike was in the studio at Caribou and he was working on this tune and Amy went to town and she got lost. And she was driving and she was coming back up the hills and it was dark, you know, the, the, it was daylight when she left, but, and this is way before GPS. And she eventually got back in and she came into the studio and she was really flustered. And Mike was sitting at the piano and he was playing this arpeggio. And, and he said, I got this cool little idea for a, just a chorus. I don't know what to do with it, but he started singing, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And she looked at him and said, give me a piece of paper, give me a pen. <clears throat> Let me tell you about what I just experienced. <clears throat> and she did. When I've lost my way, or when I feel afraid, think I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. And then they... And they put the song together. When oftentimes when we want everything taken care of, I'm having a tough time financially right now. Jesus, pay my mortgage. I need a new job that's going to pay me twice what I'm getting right now. Can I find that next week? And when you're looking for that whole equation to be filled and God says, okay, that's great. I know you're really hungry right now. Here's a sandwich. And you're like, wait, I'm here. Look at what happened with Jesus and the, the feeding of the 5,000, the loaves and fish. You know, there are so many people who have so many temporal, well, you know, the food here and the restaurant there and blah, 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 without taking into consideration that it wasn't so much how many fish and how many loaves did he start with and how many did he get, but the fact that everybody was fulfilled. I mean, they, they had that meal for that moment. And when the disciples picked up the leftovers, there were 12 baskets full. The basket that's described in the New Testament is the standard size of a standard lunch basket. So in other words, after, after the disciples fed, if you come to Jesus and you are spiritually hungry, he will feed you. But if you are a member of the body of Christ and you're there to help feed the hungry, he will also feed you too. But look at the order. The disciples made sure that all that food got distributed and everybody got something to eat without asking, where's my lunch? And then at the end, when they picked up the scraps, God made a provision that for all those people who were fed with the five loaves and two fish, that 
everybody had some enough to eat, even the disciples. So I get it when people are going through tough times. And I love to see churches step up and say, we have a pantry here. It's designed to help keep you going while God is leading you to something better. It's not designed to create a culture of enablement or entitlement that just says, yeah, you want food? Just come here and take all our free food and you're fine. They also have decided that they're going to expand the ministry. They're going to provide clothing for the less fortunate in that food pantry. And they're also inventing an auto care center. They have church property near Interstate 80 and L Street. And basically, the car care center will only service individuals who come by a recommendation from a local agency or a nearby school. See, it's not like you have to go through the church. The services at the auto center will either be given at a discounted price or even free, depending on the specific service that the vehicle brought in requires. So how are they going to pay for this? Well, the congregation has started raising funds. They're doing a fundraiser right now, and their lead pastor, Jeff Dart, says the congregation is expanding the care services because, quote, issues like these tend to snowball into each other. A loss of transportation can lead to a loss of employment, can lead to an inability to get to school, which needs to learn the basics and messes up with you getting the basics, food, clothing, shelter, that type of thing. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of making sure the meals are provided and that your car works. By the way, I love the fact that this church started, Brookside in Omaha, started in 1981. Six families got together for worship at the Willa Cather Elementary School. Eight years later, the church had grown to the point and had the resources necessary to buy their own building, and now this is what they're doing. I love this, A, because I don't work on cars. (laughs) I'm not much help there. But I love meeting the temporal needs to lead you in the eternal path. I'll put this article up at thebottomlineshow.com. Actually, Tamara will. And uh, it hope, may it be an inspiration to you and to your church to do this kind of practical ministry. As we continue, I'm going to talk about another part of practical ministry that's really very easy for us to do, but it's also very difficult for us to do, and that is to forgive people who've sinned against us. Uh, David Peterson is an author and a pastor, and he's written a book that helps us understand better the essence of what our faith is all about. Our faith in Christ is based on Jesus Christ paying the penalty for our sin and then forgiving our debt. And we have a biblical mandate to forgive those who sin against us so that the Father might continue to forgive our habitual sin. David Peterson's book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. David Peterson joins me next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we are going to tackle a very untackleable a problem, but it's something that is very essential. It's really at the heartbeat of our mission as Christians, and that is, what is forgiveness? What does it mean to forgive? What does it mean to be forgiven? What happens if we are not willing to offer forgiveness to those for whom we need to give it to? Uh, Pastor David with me today here on The Bottom Line to have a conversation about a book he's written uh, that outlined what he calls 21 Milestones to Freedom. The book is called Journey to Forgiveness. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Reverend David Peterson, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thank you so much for having me on board today. Well, it's good to have uh, David Peterson here to have this conversation because 
you know, this is one of those things we say it in the Lord's Prayer all the time, forgive us our debts or the Lutheran side of the equation, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we sometimes stop at the first part of that, do we not? Oh, absolutely. And I like the, you know, obviously I'm very much uh, adhered to the trespasses uh, version. And mm -hmm. if you look at it, trespasses means that there's a trespasser. And, um, you know, we can, that's a boundary violation. And somehow uh, we have to be able to find a way forward when we're hurt or when someone has crossed our boundaries. Um, Jesus was never casual about the issue of forgiveness. And so I've tried to come up with a book that offers a way forward. A lot of folks talk about, well, you have to forgive, but they fall short in giving you a way, some ways to forgive. And that's what I've tried to include. You know, when there are people who have been wounded in the past, and of course, when there's a trespass, there is some kind of infraction. Sometimes it's just a mild interruption, and sometimes it's a pretty serious, grievous offense. The idea that we can forgive somebody, oftentimes I get it. People want to hold on to that. Well, I'm not so sure because I don't want to give the impression that I'm condoning the behavior that led to this trespass. But at the same time, though, oftentimes we find ourselves, Reverend Peterson, looking at the forgiveness part and forgetting that God wants to bring healing into our situation when we've been hurt, and that healing and forgiveness, they really do kind of go hand in glove. Talk about that. So the person who has wounded us may never have the ability within themselves um, to acknowledge what they have done, and they may not never be able to own it and for whatever reason, may never be able to come back and ask for forgiveness. But really, forgiveness is what we do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's a way of finding ourselves unhooked from the person that violated us. Now, without a doubt, um, this, is, this is a very broad statement. If you're in an abusive situation, get out. You, that person is not worthy of your trust. Right. They may never be able to acknowledge what they did, like I said, and they may not have any right to take up space in your life. However, finding a way forward to walk free of those that bondage, that connection, so that we can walk in freedom and it doesn't say what they did was right by any means. Some folks are not worthy of your trust. Mm -hmm. But like I said, finding a way to go forward in forgiveness unhooks us from that person that violated us in some way. David Peterson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. His new book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. One of those milestones that you talk about in the book, uh, Reverend Peterson, is the idea that it's important to release our wrath. And I, I wonder how many people uh, think that means, okay, vent, get it all out, you know, do that type of thing. What specifically do you mean by that? Because I realized that if we aren't going to be forgiving people, first of all, we are violating God's command for us. But secondly, you're carrying around something that really is going to, I mean, it's going to give you a spiritual ulcer at some point, isn't it? Exactly. Um, one of the things that I have found helpful, and as I've shared this with others, they've also found it helpful. And what I discovered was 
as I started to think about someone who, you know, uh, trespassed against me, I'll say out loud, see, I need to get it out of my head and just out so I can hear it myself. And to make that bold declaration, I release you from my wrath. Mm. And there's something healing about that because it takes us out of the place of having to keep track of that offender. And it puts them in touch with the one who really is the best judge and the has the best ability to judge that person that wronged us. And that's getting it before the Lord, taking it before God and say, I release you from my wrath. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, God knows what caused that person to hurt us much better than we do. But saying, I release you from my wrath is just a great, great place to start. It was one of the first of several ways when I went to my pastor and I said, I realize I'm a junkie. Mm. It's hard for me to forgive. And mm-hmm. I had to realize that I was a junkie. And I was just like, there was this nuclear power plant of, of um, anger and bitterness that was inside of me. And I was living off of that illegitimate energy. And that was one of the first ones that my pastor shared with me. And so I wanted to include that in this book. I think you're wise to have done so. Reverend David Peterson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You know, there are a lot of people who forget that uh, forgiveness is something that we do both in the natural as well as the supernatural. I mean, the, the speaking the words, or I think Gary Chapman has a five languages of apology book or something where we talk about the different ways people do uh, you know, overcome the offense. Oftentimes, though, when we're doing this, we're thinking, okay, well, I'm looking for someone else to model my forgiveness after, you know, because, well, when my dad used to get offended, this is how he handled it, or my teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, my pastor. Uh, You have a chapter in your book that talks about when Jesus was offended. Talk about why that's such a good, helpful model for us to use as well. You know, Isaiah 53 says, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he was, he had perfect opportunity. (laughs) Just over and over again, had opportunity to be offended. And even right up to the place on the cross, he was still issuing words, those magnificent words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, Forgiveness, issuing that kind of forgiveness uh, in another chapter is (laughs) forgiveness is your chance to play God. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know that I'd want that complete responsibility. Right. right but right. when we are entertaining, or even just entertaining the notion of how do I go about living free of this person that, that hurt us, we we are taking that before God and we're saying, I don't know how to do this, but I'm open to you showing me. You show me your way. Your way is so much more powerful and has such more incredible results than mine, what I've been getting. (laughs) 
it sounds like on the, this act of will that uh, something that we have to do on the spiritual side, but also just the 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 forgiveness mechanism that we have to do practically in the physical realm. Uh, you have a chapter talking about building forgiveness muscles, and I I would love for you to kind of help uh, explain that to us because oftentimes I know that as I'm getting older put on a little bit of COVID weight. You know, there are certain things I'm trying to lift now that I wasn't able to lift before. And I really can't lift it now, but other things that I could, when I try to reach that, I'll, you know, get off the exercise bike and go, wow, I'm sore in places I didn't used to be sore before. Talk about what it's like to have that kind of uh, spiritual muscle memory, if you will, when it comes to times that we were forgiving people and maybe we're not so much that way anymore. Yeah, I have, I have a saying, uh, exercise can be fun. I know I tried it once. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we can be, we can have the stealthest of bodies and be in such great physically, but inside our ability to forgive really does take muscles to do that. And so I talk about <laughs> get to the gym and bench press some forgiveness mm. and um, uh, I talk about it. It is an exercise. And just like any exercise, you know, you don't just go in and, and bench press 450. Right. Well, you're going to work up to it. And for me, in, in my process of forgiveness, I just start with something small. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I talk about that in a little bit. You can't, you know, you can't forgive big, forgive small. You know, maybe you have to think of your offender rather than as a grown adult. Maybe you take a second and think of that offender was one at one time was a little three-year-old mm. and, uh, you know, and had all their hopes and dreams laid out ahead of them. And perhaps they were hurt in some way. You know, what's the saying? Hurt people hurt people. Yes. Yes. And but this is getting us to the how, to the how of forgiveness. But it, you're right. It's, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. Start with something small and just see your strength. Also, it's all about saying, what, what do I want to look like in my, and what kind of relationships do I want with my spouse, with my kids? And when I was 35, I came to realize I, I don't like the trajectory. I mean, yeah, I'm at that point, I'm an ordained pastor, but I still come to realize I've got stuff that I need to be taking to the Lord hmm. and learning how to walk in forgiveness. And hmm. after years of doing everything from hospice chaplaincy to congregation ministry to crisis responder in the community, even unfortunately for mass shootings, hmm. um, Moving forward in forgiveness is is something we can do with God's help. Amen to that. Reverend David Peterson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, and we're talking about forgiveness. His new book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment. The Bottom Line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But 
The first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else? Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of, it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. David Peterson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. What a great resource that we have to give away. I, I like the practical ones, but this one is really going to meet the need for somebody who needs either to experience forgiveness or maybe more importantly, to forgive. If all of us forgive everybody else the sins they've committed against us, then we're all forgiven. But we don't have the final say in that Jesus does. And David writes about this in his book called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And oh, by the way, we do have a copy of the book to give away. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, David Peterson, the author of the book Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, we help us, Lord, in our Lord's Prayer, we pray, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgiveness is at the core of your relationship with the Lord. And quite frankly, an unforgiving heart is an unrepentant heart. Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom by David Peterson is the topic of conversation here during this half hour here on The Bottom Line Show. 800-227-5278. If you'd like to win a copy of the book, we're giving one away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, more of my conversation with pastor and author David Peterson talking about why it is so important to forgive, and maybe more importantly, what are the consequences of refusing to do so? We'll talk about that more with David Peterson on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality, their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you. You need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cape Wright's personal injury attorney today at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. 
you won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing. Reverend David Peterson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We were talking during the break about how David and I are both long-suffering Angels fans. And uh, how much more do we keep forgiving the Angels for not playing well? Is that That's not what you're talking about in this book, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit of a different thing. Uh, you know, uh, learning to laugh at unforgiveness, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's one of the chapters in the book and yeah and, uh, you know learning how to do that as well yeah well, that's <laughs> what you... that, that applies in this case right yeah, it, it probably does and I, I wouldn't necessarily say that we're actually at tra trauma and crisis mode yet with our professional <laughs> favorite professional baseball team but you know, seriously there are people who are dealing with these types of things where uh, a moment of needing to be forgiven or to forgive uh, is not extended and you and i have both been officiants uh, at uh, memorial services funerals and things like that where someone will show up to honor somebody whose life has ended and it's been 20 years, it's been 30 years since they've had a conversation, and there was some issue either where that person who comes to the service has not been willing to forgive or the person who uh, took that unforgiveness to the grave with them. And it's it's really, it's, it's sad and it's tragic. And yet, at the same time, you challenge us in this new book, Journey to Forgiveness, to forgive the way Jesus did, to have a, you know, the same type of attitude that Jesus did when he was offended. Um, you have a, a chapter in the book I'm so intrigued with about saturating with stories of forgiveness. Talk about what you mean by that. Um, I, I've come to look for uh, stories of forgiveness. You know, you always find what you're looking for. And especially when you ask the Lord, please show me stories of courageous forgiveness. And one of the most courageous um, stories that I can think of is uh, has to do with my nephew who was 19, and he stopped to help a woman um, who had driven the wrong way onto a Southern California freeway. Oh, no. Um, and uh, so... A long story short, while he was out helping her, unfortunately, he found himself right in the middle of a head-on car crash, and he mm. went with the Lord instantly. Mm. And um, she she was uh, very much intoxicated, and my sister, uh, Karen, just had an amazing thing to say. And she's, I said, what are you going to do now, Karen? And she said, I'm going to forgive her. He said, how in the world are you going to do that? And she said, I don't know, but I'm just going to ask the Lord to show me how. Mm. And I included that story. I'm hoping one day I can get my sister to write her own story of that forgiveness journey. But as a result of that, so many people came to faith in Jesus Christ, hearing about that story of what had happened on that Southern California freeway that night. But nonetheless, I had that anger, and I carried that that anger because of that. That was just another thing, you know, that I added to what I was carrying. But mm -hmm. I've come to learn to surround myself with stories, you know, and one of the stories is just powerful um, from Corey Ten Boom, and the mm. way he was able to forgive the guard at Ravensbrook um, for being responsible for the death of her sister while she was in the concentration camp. Mm -hmm. 
Um, there's that story, but I just encourage your listeners, look for the stories of amazing forgiveness. Surround yourself with the scriptures of forgiveness. Surround yourself with the quotes of forgiveness. And because, you know, what you see, you grow into. And keep that before your eyes, just as uh, just as I believe it was Jacob's uh, flock started to take on those let's take on those spots. I may have gotten the story wrong. Mm. Take on those spots. Keep that in front of you, and you grow into that likeness of forgiving, be, of being able to forgive. Reverend David Peterson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, and his new book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. David, we've been talking an awful lot about how do we forgive people when they trespass against us. Uh, that first part of the, the Lord's Prayer uh, obviously identifies, forgive us our trespasses. I mean, there are certain people who are now saying, okay, wait, I may have hurt somebody, I may have trespassed, or maybe I know I did, and for some reason, I'm not able to get forgiveness. How do you recommend that in God's economy, we move forward? You know, really, you've got a chapter talking about owning things and letting them go, but when you don't get that, okay, I forgive you from somebody else, how do we seek that forgiveness and actually receive it from God? I like to call it unilateral forgiveness. Um, you know, you're going to be in the strongest possible position when you issue forgiveness, even within yourself, before someone comes to you and asks you for forgiveness. Like I said, they may not be able to do that. But by being able to issue that unilateral forgiveness, like you don't need that cluttering up your brain. Right. Um, I just say it unless they're paying for it. Nobody's taking up space. Nobody's renting space in my brain. And I just found, you know, life is a lot easier, a lot better that way. Mm -hmm. You don't let people, I, I had a colleague once who used to say, I don't let people live rent free in my head. That's it. And yeah, and that that's the concept you're describing right there because if we don't find the knowing I mean our sins are forgiven, the whole basis of our salvation is God's forgiveness of our sin. So if we can't find forgiveness of what we've done, even if the other person won't give it, and that kind of circles back David Peterson to you're talking about you don't never know what somebody's carrying with them, what kind of experience they had as a child, what kind of trauma, whatever it is that changes the way they process this type of thing and and uh, you know, if you have offended somebody in a certain way and you're asking for forgiveness and they kind of hold on to it, that might be defining them at that moment. And uh, that's where they are in that part of the journey. So no real reason to uh, uh, to hang on to that. Take the last 60 seconds of our time together, Reverend David Peterson. We're talking about the book called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. What's a good first step for somebody who says, okay, I can't put all, all of these together. And maybe I have done a little soul searching now and realize that I'm my muscles are kind of weak in the area of forgiveness. What's a good first step for strengthening those muscles? Well, I guess it would be just to stop for a second and imagine what do you want your life to be like? Do you want to continue to have experiences where you have outbursts of anger? Do you want to continue to carry petty or impulsive things? Do you want to continue to rest, wrestle with, you know, the compulsive behaviors or self-medicating things like, you know, comfort eating or um, other ways that we try and bring comfort to ourselves? Do you want to stop blaming others 
for your feelings. Um, what what is it exactly that you want to see? Because inside of you, God envisions something much bigger and much more powerful. Um, what if your big-hearted self could replace that pettiness? Or imagine what kind of inner serenity that you might have um, living without need for an apology for others. Now, remember, like I said, maybe someone needs to be called to accountability for a boundary violation. That's without a doubt. But maybe they can't do that. Hmm. But what kind of imagine the inner peace that you have with yourself or with others and you're, there's no self-loathing and you come to be able to enjoy the person that God had intended you to be. What would life with you and Jesus be like from that point on? And that's the journey. It is a journey. And uh, sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's curvy and sometimes there's challenges, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, definitely. and, and um, they're out there. And thankfully, by God's grace, we get back up. Um, you know, there are times where I, don't, I still want to go back and I want to chew on that old bone. And there's mm -hmm. nothing, on it. nothing there. Yeah, nothing there. You know, live free. Amen. Amen. Well, Reverend David Peterson, you've given us a great primer to help us accomplish that goal. The book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. David, nice to meet you and get to know you. And thanks for spending time with us today here on The Bottom Line. Really appreciate the conversation. Thanks, for, thanks so much for having me on. What a fascinating conversation. What a great and important topic. Uh, talking about forgiveness with David Peterson today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have a copy of the book to give away right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, again, the book is called... Again, the book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. And if you have a hard time forgiving other people, maybe you have a hard time forgiving yourself, this is a great resource to have. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, the coronation of King Charles is coming up sooner than later. Um, what part of the church is going to be a part of this actual special ceremony. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to David Peterson for joining me today here on The Bottom Line to talk about forgiveness and his brand new book called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and we're giving away a copy of the book right now at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, one copy of the book, Journey to Forgiveness by David Peterson. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, one of the areas that I hear from a lot of bottom line listeners about is when it comes to forgiveness, it's hard to forgive myself for something that I did. You know, that the essence of our relationship with God is the fact that we are sinners. We've fallen away 
in the faith. I mean, we've basically were born sinful into a sinful fallen world. That curse from Adam continues through to everybody. And there's a lot of confusion about that. A lot of people are of the impression, well, yeah, there's sin in the world because Adam and Eve sinned. But once they actually, you know, got out of the garden, well, okay, they sinned, but their kids didn't sin and the ones after them didn't sin. And well, I mean, there's sin everywhere. <laughs> there's, it's impossible to avoid it. There is sin in the world because it came into the world through Adam. However, the antidote to sin, of course, is salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus washes clean the stain of sin, not only taking away the sin from your life and my life, but also paying the penalty for that sin. There's a debt to be paid. There will be a reckoning and an accounting that will take place. What's interesting about that is when it comes to forgiveness, though, people who are quick to understand that God forgives their sin and that by believing that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for the sin on the cross and that by being raised from the dead, he has the power to conquer sin and death, his sacrifice on the cross pays the penalty for anyone who would believe that it does. And so it's one thing to say Jesus died to pay the penalty for the sin of the world, so therefore I don't have to worry about my sin. Well, yeah, but you have to acknowledge that Jesus is the only way to heaven and the only way to eternal life. That's where a lot of even progressive Christians, I think, get messed up. They'll say, I believe in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, et cetera, et cetera. His blood pays the penalty for my sin on the cross. But if somebody else wants to do a different way, well, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. I mean, there's only one way that we can find salvation by grace through faith. But the essence of that salvation is forgiveness. It's the forgiveness of our sin and the belief that our sin is forgiven. And then the fact that we can now forgive other people when they do wrong against us. I hear from a lot of people, especially a lot of women, who committed a sin when they were younger, they, they ended their pregnancy. And they realized that now that it, maybe they weren't Christians when that happened, maybe they were. I mean, uh, CareNet indicates that as many as 54% of women who go to abortion clinics are regular church attenders. But understanding that that is, you know, that committing abortion is, is committing a sin, it is a sin that can be forgiven by grace through faith in Jesus Christ when you ask and repent. And it's amazing how many women find themselves going to church, and I could never mention the fact that I'm post-abortive because if I did, they would think there's something wrong with me, and you know, for some, that seems to be an unforgivable sin. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is the only unforgivable sin. Now, I realize we could split hairs and say, yeah, what if someone takes their own life? They don't have a chance to ask for forgiveness. Yeah, you know, we could split hairs there. But Scripture tells us the only sin from which you cannot recover is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So I, I bring this up because our friends at Preborn have a powerful ministry for women who find themselves in a crisis pregnancy situation. And when I say crisis, I believe the crisis is self-defined. For some women, it's, wow, I'm in trouble here because I'm single and I just got kicked out of my house. Uh, maybe she's a teenager. And uh, really, this is, they, it seems like there's no hope. Other times, and a dear friend of mine, that's his story, he and his wife, um, his wife's family, uh, wife has a younger sister. There were three daughters. Uh, mom and dad were in the ministry. Dad was a pastor. They got pregnant with the fourth daughter and members at their church said, are you sure on your pastor's salary you can afford a fourth child? And so they actually went and tried to have an abortion. 
their daughter survived the abortion and now she and mom have a pro-life ministry, which is really cool. But there are a lot of people in the church who just don't know what forgiveness is all about because they had an abortion when they were younger. Maybe they had multiple. Dr. Alveda King, who's a regular here on the bottom line, has shared with us very candidly about the fact she had three abortions all while being the daughter of a pastor and the niece of a pastor. And so it's just amazing to think that there are people walking around without that sense of forgiveness in their heart, as we've been talking about forgiveness here on this Good News Friday. But the ministry of preborn does so many things so well. First and foremost, it's a ministry where it's a pregnancy resource center. If you think you're pregnant, you can go get a pregnancy test at a preborn clinic. I don't believe they're charging for those. Secondly, once the pregnancy is confirmed, you can actually have an ultrasound performed. And when that ultrasound is performed, you get to see the images of the baby kind of moving around in 4D. It's incredible. Get to hear the heartbeat. Really, it's like our friend Scott Wilder at Preborn says, it's the first time mother and baby get to see each other face to face. And then you get the truth. And the truth is you're pregnant. We'll give you an approximate due date. And then we'll let you know what your options are. Option number one, congratulations, you're a mom. Option number two, if you're in a state like California or Colorado, abortion is legal. That's usually option three. I set it up for dramatic effect. But the third option that you don't hear in abortion clinics is that you can release that child for adoption. And you want to talk about forgiveness. As the father of a child who was conceived out of wedlock, I know how hard it is to come to terms with I'm working in youth ministry, working in Christian broadcasting, was engaged, but had the honeymoon before the wedding. Those tears are real. That feeling of remorse is real. And at the same time, God said, yeah, but you have a beautiful baby daughter on the way and it's not her fault. In other words, don't take it out on her. You ask for forgiveness, you will receive forgiveness. And I have that. But there are a lot of people who don't. But that's because when they're going through this pregnancy time, they're not hearing the gospel. And that's where preborn is so helpful. 85% of the women who come to a preborn clinic see the ultrasound images, hear the heartbeat, and then find out what the three options are either become a mom, release for adoption, or abort. 85% of the time, they choose door number one or door number two either become a mom or release the child for adoption. But in the case of nearly 10,000 women last year, they also heard that message of forgiveness and hope and salvation, and they received eternal life by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So when you give a $28 donation to preborn, or that's for one ultrasound session, or $140 for five, or $280 for 10, or $2,800 for 100, know that 85% of the time the woman is going to see the ultrasound image, hear the heartbeat, and choose life for her child, which is phenomenal. But then nearly 10,000 women last year said yes to the offer of the free gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. What a phenomenal ministry you are supporting with your tax-deductible donation to preborn. Go to kbrightradio.com, click on the preborn banner. If it's easier, go to rogermarsh.com. It's static right there on the front. It isn't terribly sexy. It's just right there. <laughs> or you could call with a gift today at 833-850-BABY. We've had a few bottom line listeners call this week, but I would really love to see that punched up even more, especially this time of year as people are thinking more about mothers and fathers and families and marriages and things like that. What a great time to celebrate the special people in your life, to remember them, 
with a gift to Preborn. That's completely tax deductible, and every penny you donate to this phone number, 833-850-BABY, goes to ultrasounds for preborn children. The rest of it, they raise their overhead in other areas. Do what Tracy in Laguna Beach did. Give a generous donation, $56 a month. That means two babies every month will be saved through preborn because of her donation. Or do what Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial did. Dennis put up a couple of $15,000 gifts that bought entire ultrasound machines. 250 ultrasounds a year for 10 years minimum. $15,000 investment, 2,500 ultrasounds. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com and click on the preborn banner. Give your best gift today. Hey, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, another story for your Good News Friday adventure. The coronation of King Charles. It's actually happening tomorrow across the pond and a very special artifact will be a part of this special day actually taking us all the way back to where that forgiveness that we've just been talking about actually originated we'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues you can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds wilson financial has simply better alternatives the last 12 months there has been almost 1.7 trillion invested in investment grade bonds This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, Cinco de Mayo style. Uh, David Peterson's book is still up for grabs. We've got a few moments left for you to call in and win. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. The book is called Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom. 800-227-5278. Well, if you like all things royal, and trust me, I know two people who are extremely close to me who do, and that would be my mother and my wife. (laughs) They follow that stuff like crazy. I'm a quick study uh, learning how to do this. I remember my mom getting up super early for the marriage of Charles and Diana back in 1981. I mean, they were showing it live, and I think I was working a construction job at the time. My mom got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and watched it live in her jammies in her bathroom. Um, the coronation service, we, we, Lisa and I watched the, uh, uh, the funeral memorial for Queen Elizabeth. It was breathtaking. But now uh, her son, Charles, finally in his 70s, gets to take over the throne. And uh, 73 years young, he will, take, he, he will be crowned King Charles III in Westminster Abbey. And there will be a special gift from Pope Francis that are going to be part of this. Two splinters that are believed to be from the actual cross where Christ was crucified. Think about that for just a moment. The pieces of wood form a small cross. 
directly at the center of the uh, processional cross. And as they'll be brought in through the, the procession, it will incorporate a relic of the true cross, according to the Church of Wales. The church called the Pope's generosity significant a significant ecumenical gesture. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. The uh, Cross of Wales, by the way, the procession cross, has been formed from recycled silver bullion, Welsh slate, and timber. It'll feature the Welsh words from the last sermon of St. David on uh, the back. Uh, the words translated, be joyful, keep the faith, do the little things cross was gifted to the king by the church of wales and it's just uh, it's amazing the guy who designed the cross a guy a silversmith called michael lloyd said the project started with the love of the material its malleability its potential for expression and then this commission has allowed me to delve into the previous 1000 years of faith in history and then he goes a little dramatic. Now with more than 267,000 hammer blows, the cross has emerged from the innate sheets of silver, and I'm delighted it will be used as part of the coronation service on the 6th of May. Uh, it was actually commissioned by the king, who was the Prince of Wales at the time. And um, then when his mother passed away on the 8th of September, 2022, Charles ascended. Think about this, though. He ascended to the throne. Think about this. Two pieces of wood from the cross reportedly on which Jesus was crucified. The blood that has been absorbed in there. But not only that, but that's where the Son of God became sin for us. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And now we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as if Christ were making his appeal through us. Your forgiveness was bought and paid for on that cross. And two slivers of that wood are still going to cry out that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords and conquered death and hell once and for all on that cross, whether it be two slivers of wood or two huge planks. That's where the good news begins and ends. And that's the bottom line. For our KCBC listeners, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming your way next. For those who remain on the network, a great story coming out of Georgia involving a public school teacher who was a substitute who wound up losing her job for expressing her faith in a public school. Happy ending on this one. We'll tell you all about it coming up next as the bottom line continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. And if you've been listening for the past half hour or the past hour, then you already know that we're here talking good news. But for the many people who tune in and catch the last half hour on the way home from work, welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Cinco de Mayo. Remember that Cinco de Mayo was the day that the Mexican army defeat. Well, okay, now I got to pull it up. I <laughs> had it up here a moment ago. And the reason I only bring this up is a lot of people don't understand why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. They go, oh, we just have Mexican food. Basically what happened, May 5th, 1862, Mexico's victory over the second French empire at the Battle of Puebla by General Ignacio Zaragoza. The victory over the French was a huge morale boost for Mexicans who had just lost California and Texas to the U.S. I'm sorry, that's a, I lost that part. So happy Cinco de Mayo. Have great Mexican food if you like it. I know it, it wasn't just because it was uh, Friday, but Fridays in my family growing up were Mexican food days. And man, 
I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was either Friday night or Sunday afternoon after church. We did a lot of Mexican food growing up, and my mom's Hispanic heritage on full display. Uh, thinking about my mom and how much I love her, and uh, hopefully you have some good memories of your mom or a good relationship with your mom, or uh, maybe you're the mom in the relationship now. You've got kids, and they're dialed into you. Uh, sometimes Mother's Day can be a time of loss. We know, uh, I know from my own biological children, their mom went to be with the Lord about two years ago. And, and so Mother's Day could be kind of a, a tender time. Uh, but regardless of those, you know, whether it's tender now, maybe it's not perfect now. Uh, it, nonetheless, mom plays a huge role in the backbone of the family. Mom plays a huge role in the culture. And with Mother's Day coming up a week from this Sunday, we have a special promotion going on right now here at our, our flagship affiliate, KBRT in Southern California. If you go to kbrightradio.com, click on the banner for Mother's Day, you have a chance to either enter your mom in the contest, or if you want to, enter yourself. Hearing from a few moms who say, you know, this is what I love about being a mom, and that's fantastic. Good for you for, for talking about how much you love being a mom. I love being a dad. I know my wife Lisa loves being a mom. My daughter Emily loves being a mom. I mean, Taylor loves being a mom. The, the, there are lots of people who love being moms. If that's your story, then tell us about it. Go to kbrightradio.com, click on the banner for Mother's Day and the Mother's Day special promotion that we have going on now through next Friday. And we're taking some of these Mother's Day recollections and posting them. Uh, but also there's a grand prize drawing involved here. Uh, this is why you want to nominate your mom. Uh, second prize is a giant, lovely, beautiful Mother's Day bouquet of flowers. And grand prize is a spa package that, oh boy, you're gonna, all you have to do is say spa day and all the moms come and sign up. kbrightradio.com, K-B-R-I-T-E, radio.com is where you sign up for the Mother's Day to end all Mother's Days. And I encourage you to do so. If you haven't done so already, uh, please go ahead and enter because this is a, uh, it's an opportunity when you think of the number of people in the culture right now who are bound and determined to try to eliminate family dynamics, eliminate gender specificity. Um, man, uh, it's amazing how just standing up for the sanctity of uh, human life and the sanctity of uh, you know men and women, <laughs> moms and dads, parents and children, it's amazing how the left has gone so far in the opposite direction in the name of political correctness that I'm sure there are some people who would hear our, our contest and say, you're not being fair to, and then they would throw in some other, you know, different deal. So it is important now more than ever before that we stand up for things like the sanctity of human life, uh, motherhood, fatherhood, etc. By the way, speaking of the sanctity of human life, um, if you have an opportunity I encourage you to pray about this, uh, talk to your friends about it, and then consider making a donation. I want to put something up as a challenge to you today from our friends at Preborn. We had a couple of gifts come in over the past 24 hours that I wanted to share with you because they're they're different in scope in terms of impact now versus impact long term. But there, if you've been considering making a gift to Preborn, now is an excellent time to do it. I mean, if you're a mom, and you are grateful for the children that you have, this is a no-brainer. You make a donation uh, to Preborn. It's $28 that provides an ultrasound appointment for a mom at a Preborn clinic absolutely free. 
Now, I know I've, I've shared this before. Our daughter Taylor was expecting uh, about a year ago, uh, grandson Nazareth, who lives in Texas now. He and I have yet to meet. We've only seen each other on FaceTime, but it was really cute the other day. Uh, Lisa's, on, Lisa's on the FaceTime all the time, and I stop by every now and again, right? And I'm Papa to these two kids. So um, Nazareth kind of looking at me like a you know, befuddled uh, scientist or chemist. He's got that, you know, the kind of six-month, seven-month-old baby brow, and he's kind of, you know, looking at me. Then Zipporah, his older sister, gets on, and she looks, and I said, granddaughter. And her mom says, who's that? And she goes, Papa. And I said, well, all right. And so I smiled. And then she starts reaching. And Taylor says, I think she's pushing for the buttons on the phone. And it turned out she wasn't. She was reaching for my, I have a cross necklace Lisa gave me for a wedding gift. And ever since Zipporah has known me, whenever I pick her up in my arms, she'll look at me. I'll kind of, you know, blow kisses in her face or something like that. And then she tries to, t- literally tries to snatch my chain and take the cross or whatever. So it was very cute. On the FaceTime, she saw Papa in the picture and she was trying to, you know, get at it. Um, it's just wonderful to have the parenting and grandparenting season. And if you've been blessed, as we have, um, I encourage you to do this. But here's the thing with um, with preborn: There are so many grandparents who wind up losing out on the opportunity to be grandparents because their kids wind up in a pregnancy situation and then they think, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Can't afford this baby. Not sure I'm mature enough to have this baby. I'm not married to the baby's father what do I do or maybe it's the baby's father says get rid of that kid and pre-born gives you everything you need to make the best decision for you and your family now notice I said the best decision I think the best decision is either to raise the child on your own or to release the child for adoption there is a third option in states like Colorado and California and Michigan of course and that is abortion is still legal we understand that and you should not find a good pro-life clinic that doesn't give you all three options. I'll be perfectly frank. Um, If you tell the truth and give mom a chance to know that there's no condemnation for whatever decision she makes, and she's got the best information possible to do so, then 85% of the time you see that mom chooses life for the baby. You don't ever choose abortion for the benefit of the baby. A mom who chooses abortion chooses abortion typically because she's not given all of her options. More than 50% of women who are post-abortive, had had an abortion, will say that if they had known that adoption was an option when they were pregnant, they would have released the child for adoption. See, adoption's the big wild card here. Most women know, okay, either I'm I'm pregnant and I'm either going to be a mom or I'm going to abort the child. They don't know about the adoption option. It seems kind of far-fetched. And that's where a clinic like Preborn comes in and says, wait a minute, we will do the ultrasound for you. If you go to an abortion clinic, they are not going to give you a free pregnancy test. They're going to charge you for it. And they're only going to do an ultrasound so that their abortionist knows how far along the baby is and how they should proceed, either surgically or the chemical abortion. But if you go to a preborn clinic, you get to see the ultrasound. The left will tell you, you shouldn't see the ultrasound, it's too traumatic. Here's what they mean to say. We don't want you to see the ultrasound because you'll see that it's a baby you're talking about. So you make a $28 donation to Preborn and mom gets a chance to have a free pregnancy test and ultrasound visit and then follow-up counseling. What do you do? Do you keep the child and be a mom? Figure out where you're going to live, what kind of educational and employment opportunities you have? good for you? 
do you release that child for adoption? There's a legal process you have to go through. You need an attorney to do so. And there are lots of attorneys that are more than happy to work on this. And the, it's the adoptive parents who wind up picking up the cost. So as a, an adoptive mom, you don't have to worry about paying legal fees or your prenatal medical care, or this, that, and the other thing, because the adoptive mom and dad, I mean, that's the level of commitment these parents make, tens of thousands of dollars to make sure this child lives and they can raise this child in their family as their own. This is no wishy-washy, you know, whatever type of deal. And for every one family that is qualified, screened, and ready to adopt and gets a baby in their home, there are 37 other families that are equally qualified and are just waiting for that little bambino to be placed in their arms. The abortion industry has been lying to women for decades that the only thing that they can do, the best thing they can do for their health, the best thing they do for everyone is to abort a living baby. But preborn stands in the gap. And we had two gifts that came in uh, just yesterday that really typify what we uh, are talking about here on the Bottom Line Show. Uh, one was a gift from a listener named Lisa. She gave a $50 donation and made that a monthly recurring gift. Now, $50 every month for the course of a year is $600. Divide that by 28. And you realize that uh, nearly two babies per month will be saved because two moms will get the prenatal care that they need initially. I mentioned our daughter, Taylor. She was in between insurance. Her husband's in between jobs. She found out she was pregnant. And so the first thing she did was she went to a clinic where she could get a free ultrasound. First ultrasound we saw of our grandson, Nazareth, was from a clinic like this, like preborn, that does free ultrasounds. It was amazing. And he's every bit as handsome as he was in those pictures. I can guarantee you. But Lisa's gift of $50 every month, it's, that means about well, 56 bucks would have been two kids. So $50 is a nice round number, and that's something that's easy to do. You spent more than that last time you went out to dinner, or lunch for that matter. <coughs> I encourage you to call Preborn right now at 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. With Mother's Day coming up in just over a week, it's a perfect time to be thinking about motherhood thinking about parents that would love to raise a child, but for whatever reason, God uh, has not allowed them to conceive naturally and would love to receive a child through adoption. And preborns ultrasounds make that possible because more women will donate uh, you know, that, that, that child's life and say, here, we're going to save the baby, we're going to release the baby and release that child for adoption. It's a gift for the child, it's a gift for the adoptive parents, and it's a real blessing for the moms too. 833-850-BABY. Make your best donation now to Preborn. It's tax deductible. Lisa put in a donation of $50 per month. That's a nice tax deductible donation. On the other side of this break, I want to tell you about another gift that could have a huge impact right now. Lisa says a long-term benefit, but wait till you hear what Mariama did. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a 
$15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to Preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good News Friday edition of the program. The good news is, is that moms are being recognized and celebrated here at K-Bright. Sign up at kbrightradio.com for our Mother's Day giveaway. Also, moms who are expecting children um, are getting the support they need through preborn clinics and bottom line listeners like Lisa making a $50 monthly donation to preborn just yesterday. Uh, that means that about two kids every month, two women are going to get preborn uh ultrasound screenings and 85% of the time a woman goes to a preborn clinic and has the ultrasound she either chooses to give birth and be a mom or give birth and release that child for adoption some women will still come through and say I'm going to do the abortion anyway thank you for the uh, uh, for the ultrasound and you know what that's between them and God and we would urge them to consider the other two options but if that's the choice they make that's the choice they make but when preborn started 80% of the women were choosing life for their kids now it's up to 85 and it keeps growing and growing. I mentioned Lisa's $50 donation, and that has a great ongoing long-term impact. It's a relatively easy expense to manage. But then we got a check in the mail yesterday from Mariama, also here in Southern California in Orange County, and that was a donation for $2,000. Now, talk about big impact right away. $28 per visit will... uh, Basically, it's $28 per visit is the cost of a, a preborn ultrasound treatment. So let me go ahead and pull out my calculator here. 2000 Okay, Mariama's gift will save 71 babies right away. Right away. Lisa's, two per month. Mariama's, 71 right away. Thank you, Mariama. I appreciate you making that generous, thoughtful donation to preborn. See, here's the thing. You can give $28 every month. You can give $50 every month like Lisa did. You could write a check. Mariama and her husband decided $2,000. This is what God's calling us to do. And 71 kids will have life. Or if, let's say, if she and seven of her friends all got together and donated a couple thousand dollars per, that almost puts us at a new ultrasound machine. $15,000 for one of those. Whether it is a one-time big impact gift like $2,000 or an ongoing uh, recurring gift of $50 every month, God blesses these gifts and uses them to multiply the kingdom, quite frankly, from the simple act of just moms and dads getting married and having babies. I mean, that's just literally, and raising families. It's truly remarkable to see what happens. But the left has been doing everything they possibly can to demean the value of the family, to diminish the impact of the birth of human life. And that's why I'm so grateful we partner with um, Preborn. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Think about that $2,000 one-time donation from Mariama. Think about that $50 monthly donation from Lisa. Both of them have tremendous value. 
and in terms of helping us save lives. And don't forget, the thing that makes preborn different, there are other good organizations that are trying to rescue babies in this way. Preborn's track record with preaching the gospel to the women who come to their clinics, phenomenal. Nearly 10,000 women last year heard the good news of the gospel and responded to the call to saving faith by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So it's evangelistic, it's life-giving, and it's completely tax-deductible too. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or just give a gift online at rogermarsh.com or kbrightradio.com. Hit the preborn banner. You know, it's amazing to see how in the past couple of years, the number of people who have taken up the cause for the sanctity of human life and are doing so by protecting what it means to be a human being in the womb, preborn. But more and more people are looking at once you're born and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know another big part, something we never thought would ever have to be a thing? That is establishing male and female in the culture. Think about this for a moment. You know, um, male and female, it's incredible to think how many people never really figured that they would have to even consider this type of thing, but now more and more of them are doing so, and that's good to know. It's also interesting to know how many people are looking at end-of-life issues and saying, okay, uh, what happens to people who are uh, kind of sick and infirm and maybe in the elder season of life, and how uh, one state, I believe it may have been Oregon, passed a law that says you no longer have to be a resident of Oregon to just travel into the state and commit euthanasia to to just end someone's life. It's incredible. But the value of human life has been so discarded to where that whole gender fluid thing and the end of life thing and who's expendable and who's savable. We have another ally in the battle for the sanctity of human life who signed a measure into law just this week that it's something called the Medical Ethics and Diversity Act that is going to do something that is going to protect some people who need that kind of protection. And the companion piece that goes along with it is something that is really incredible to see. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at what's happening in Montana with regard to not only the infant who is in the womb completely helpless and the child's mother tries to abort that baby and the doctors and other medical professionals who say, I don't want my employer, the hospital, for example, telling me that I have to engage in health care services that violate their conscience. Governor Greg Gianforte in Montana is going under the spotlight on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. 
Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Love to share good news with you, especially as it pertains to the sanctity of human life and as it pertains to the people who are uh, partnering with us to make sure the bottom line of the National Crawford Roundtable come your way each and every day. Uh, Governor Greg Gianforte signed a bill into law last, well, just this past Wednesday that it goes hand in glove with another bill that is a, a, an issue of medical conscience. Two bills signed. The first one was the Infant Care and Safety Act. And this is a bill that protects human life by providing legal protections to and ensuring appropriate medical care for children who survive abortions. Now contrast that with the People's Republic of California that recently passed legislation and then we all voted on it and apparently a majority of us thought it was a good idea. This was the, if you don't vote yes on Prop 1, our democracy's at risk bill which was otherwise known as the we're codifying abortion into the California state constitution and any doctor or medical professional who provides an abortion and it results in bad something health-wise for the woman who has the abortion. And if a child winds up not dying in the abortion but dying after the fact, there will be no criminal charges against said medical professional. Now contrast that with the two bills that signed in Montana. And oh, by the way, if you work at a hospital that does abortions, if you work at an actual, I would not imagine that a Christian with a conscience who says, I don't want to kill children, would ever work at an abortion clinic. But there are a lot of hospitals. You may be surprised. Large hospitals that have Catholic or Presbyterian or Methodist in the title that do labor and delivery for thousands of kids every year, but they might also do 100 elective abortions. And sometimes you find a person of conscience, a person of the Christian faith, who's working at said hospital, and maybe they worked on labor and delivery for years and years and years, and one night in the abortion wing, their supervisor says, hey, we're short a nurse, will you go and assist on that abortion? And the nurse says, I don't want to do it. Or the doctor says, I don't want to do it. Or the technician says, I don't want to do an ultrasound that's going to lead to an abortion. In a lot of states, those people are penalized but no longer in Montana. The Medical Ethics and Diversity Act, also known as the MED Act, Medical Ethics MED, is a bill that protects doctors and nurses and other medical professionals and organizations from being forced to participate in healthcare services that violate their consciences. According to the Alliance Defending Freedom, Americans should not be forced to violate their ethical and religious beliefs. And this certainly includes doctors, nurses, and other medical providers. The MED Act ensures that medical professionals aren't compelled to breach their oath to do no harm by being required to participate in procedures or treatments that violate their consciences. Driving out doctors, nurses, and other medical providers from their professions because of their faith commitments means fewer health care options for patients at a time when our nation's health care system is overstretched and experiencing a dire shortage of providers. Now, isn't this wild? That was from a quote from Stephanie Nichols, who's the uh, uh, legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, who handled this case. The Medical Ethics and Diversity Act comes on the heel of him also signing, Governor uh, Giaforte, the Infant Care and Safety Act. 
And according to the bill, every human life is valuable. Every baby deserves to be protected. By enacting this critical legislation, Montana has affirmed the basic human rights of vulnerable children, whether born or unborn. The Infant Care and Safety Act provides legal protection for babies who survive abortions, ending the humane practice where these children can be left to die without even minimal effort being made to save them. Uh, by the way, that's the case in California and New York. A woman can have a child, uh, give birth to a child, and then decide that she can't care for the child, and rather than going to a safe haven place, she could leave that child in the elements to die and not face criminal charges. Or if she's given the abortion pill, for example, which is a two-step process on the pill, she could take the first part of the pill, and if that works and she winds up, uh, you know, the baby's body is then expelled from her body, uh, if the baby's still alive, she won't face any criminal charges, nor will the person who's prescribed her the medication, quote-unquote. Well, Montana is working to protect vulnerable and valuable babies. And Governor Forte, thank you for signing these bills, the Infant Care and Safety Act and also the Medical Ethics and Diversity Act, protecting the baby in the womb from the ill effects of abortion, and especially if that child survives it. And then also protecting doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals by giving them a chance to say, my conscience will not allow me to be forced to participate in this kind of uh, exercise. Uh, encourage you to consider our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom and the cases that they take. They treat them all pro bono. There are 4,600 legal professionals all over the country who are handling cases like this for free. And your donations make it possible for them to continue to support these cases. Uh, go to uh, kbrightradio.com, click on the ADF banner, or go to crawfordmediagroup.net, and you can click it on there too as well. The good news of the gospel is that Christians are putting their faith in action and not only getting legal success and business success, but they're also witnessing the good news of the gospel to people who are desperate to hear it. Ultimately, souls are being won. That's the good news, and that's the bottom line. 